0: Uh, God has not given us any kind of fear in our life. There's all kinds of fears the devil can use on you and the people around you uh, because they don't know uh, any better. But the Bible says that God has not given us any fear or God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if God has not given us the spirit of fear, we don't want it, right? And we're not going to receive it. If, if God has not given us something, listen, don't receive it. But a lot of people, I guess they don't know this verse because uh, they receive fear all day or they don't know how to cope with it. But the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us what? Uh, he's given us power and he's given us love and a sound mind. I'll raise your hand and say God has given me power and he's given me love And he's given us a sound mind. Praise God. Okay, now I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 15. And we're just going to look at that one verse there. Uh, And this is uh, God speaking to Abraham. All right. And God uh, says in uh, verse 1, he says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram uh, in a vision. Somebody say in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward so God told Abraham I'm two things to you Uh, he said I am your shield and shield means that he is his protector Abraham is about 85 years of age Uh, by this time and he's living in a strange land, all right. Not too far from Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham is a stranger. And all kinds of weird people are are going around the whole uh, uh, countryside, stealing, raping, doing all kinds of weird things. But God told Abraham, He said, "I'm your protector. I'm going to be your protector." And if you can read by, uh, if you read the book of Genesis, Abraham became very rich, and there's not one scripture says that uh, he lost any money, lost any cattle, and he was rich in cattle and gold and silver, and uh, nobody ever touched him, because God said, don't touch this man. And we under, we're under a better covenant, and God uh, uh, has protected us. Somebody say amen. We're protected every day of our life. So God told Abraham, I am your shield. I am your protector. And then he said, I am your exceedingly great reward. And he says, you don't have to work uh, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, right? You don't have to work overtime to make it. I'm going to be uh, your exceedingly great reward. Somebody say exceedingly great reward. In other words, I'm going to be your wages. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be your compensation. I'm gonna be your worth. I'm gonna be everything. I'm gonna be uh, be everything to you. I'm gonna meet every need that you have. So as we study the life of Abraham, we see that he became uh, not just rich. When God says he was rich, exceedingly rich. Uh, who made him? Well, God made him. He said, I'm gonna make you a blessing and you will be and you'll become a blessing. Does everybody understand that? So once again, God told Abraham, and if you've taken spiritual warfare, uh, we have a class, you know we have about 15, 16 classes uh, approximately uh, in, in the other ministry and uh, they have them in this ministry and they're developing those. But there's a class called spiritual warfare. In the spiritual warfare class, in the in the uh, chapter on fear, uh, it says there that you have about 365 times that God tells us not to be afraid. So that's one for every day, right? Three hundred and sixty-five times. So God really means business when He says, "For God has not given us." Or the word says, "For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind." So He, God, told Abraham. He said, uh, he said "I'm eighty-five. I don't even have a son, and I'm struggling." He said, "Don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your protector, number one, and I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm your wages." Man, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bless you. But in a great way, and God did with Abraham. And he's done it with his people throughout the ages. Does everybody say amen? So God has uh, never, and he will never have uh, you to have anything to do with fear, all right? Uh, You must never permit fear in your life, never, all right? Uh, Some people say, well, a little bit of fear is good, Uh, uh, fear of any kind is not good in your life because fear produces uh, two things that we do not want in our life. Number one, it produces bondage. Do you want bondage in your life? No. So fear will produce bondage, and it will also produce uh, torment. How many of you like to get up in the morning tormented? Or live all day like this, look torment. A lot of people live like that. They live torment. You can see it in their eyes. Uh, they have fear, all right. Uh, and the devil's lied to them. That's all the devil's done. So fear does this to a person. It will paralyze you. It will paralyze you and remove you uh, from the field of action where you're not. Uh, you're not. Be, you're not able to do anything all because of fear. And fear, let me say this, is one of the choice, most powerful weapons of the enemy. The enemy's already defeated. Somebody say, the devil's already defeated. Jesus spoiled him. He stripped him, dethroned him. He's forever and eternally defeated, but he's a big liar. So he'll work on you. And uh, uh, his weapon is fear, and it's all a lie. So you cannot and, and should not permit fear in your life. Now, sometimes we'll feel fear because uh, the kingdom of darkness is all fear. Does everybody understand that? That is the weapon of the kingdom. There's two kingdoms in operation right now, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of darkness, it's all fear. It's all fear. All right. In the kingdom of uh, of God, it's it's you're walking in the faith realm, in the love realm. Does everybody understand that? So if the devil can move you into his kingdom, uh, in his realm where there's fear, then he can paralyze you, and and then uh, put bondage on you and torment you. And it's not uh, it's not good oh it's not good for anybody but especially for believers to to be living in bondage and torment so that's very very important we should not ever permit fear in our life for god has not given us raise your hand and say for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power Love and a sound mind. That's what God gives. Isn't that wonderful? He gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if you feel paralyzed, you say, man, I'm I'm afraid to even get up uh, uh, in my life. Uh, I know God has a destiny. Uh, Well, you've got to rebuke fear, renounce it, and not permit it in your life. Now, the third thing that I want to share with you before we get into this is uh, the Bible is not just a mere informational book. You must understand that, all right? Uh, what I'm going to share with you, you have to understand that it's an instructional book. The Bible is not mere information. It's an instructional book. It's, uh, it's a manual. Does everybody understand that? In other words, uh, it's not magic. It's not a magic book, all right? You can't just uh, open your Bible and just say, let's see what God's going to tell me. Well, he's not going to tell you nothing, uh, right, because you're not going to understand nothing. It's an instructional book. You have to start from uh, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Read three chapters every day, beginning in the book of Genesis, and continue to read on until you get to the book of Revelation, and then you'll begin to understand it maybe after one, two, three, or four times reading the whole Bible. But Revelation will come to you. Does everybody understand that? So uh, it's important to understand that the Bible is a book of instructions. It's a manual. Does everybody understand that? And what that means is that you have to follow the instructions. Do what God says. And how many of you know that God's smarter than we are? Is he? Yeah, he is. He's the creator. He created you. Uh, His wisdom is from above and above all. So we have to understand that he, uh, that God, uh, uh, has given us a manual, and we have to use that manual. Now, to walk in this life uh, without uh, knowing the the instructional manual, you're gonna get up every morning guessing. You'll get up and you said, "I wonder, I, I, I wonder if I'm doing this right." You don't have to wonder. The God that created everything. Uh, he already gave us the manual, right? You buy a car, there's a manual right there in the glove compartment. Take it out. The light goes on, uh, you know, uh, it'll tell you what to do, right? So it's the manual. You say, how do I take this tire off? Where is the, uh, the jack? First time I bought my car, I couldn't find the jack. So I go in back into the manual. It was hidden back in a, on the side of a panel in the, in the trunk of my car. So how can you change the tire? You don't know, can't find the jack, right? So, uh, 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 so the reason for what I'm going to share with you this morning, uh, these three points, is because God gave me a prophetic word, one of uh, several that God spoke to me. Uh, this was in 2015. And I told the other ministry, I said, get ready. In 2018, God's going to open doors. And that was 2015, and it was slow here. God told me in 2018, it's going to take off, and now you see the Permian Basin moving, and there's a lot of prosperity here. Can you say amen, right? But uh, the Lord also told me, He said, it'll never stop for my people from here on out. From 2018, it, you uh, God's people that will do the manual and listen to his instructions, they will, uh, it, they will continue to fly. It will be a continual flight upward. Can you say amen? So, uh, uh, in the kingdom of darkness, once again, there's, uh, it's dominated by fear. So, uh, who would want to be in the kingdom of darkness, you know? Uh, people are crazy. But uh, who would want to be in a kingdom where there's torment and bondage, and you're driven by fear fear? Every moment of every day. Well, that's the kingdom of darkness. But the kingdom of God is peace. And it's joy. And it's abundance. Say that with me. It's peace and joy and abundance. The results, the results of what faith will do for you. You see, uh, walking in the God kind of faith. Praise the Lord. So, there's a lot of fears. But I want to share with you on this one fear because uh, it messes up a lot of people, and it's the fear of lack. There's all kinds of fears, but we're not to receive any of them. Today I want to share with you about a fear that, uh, that uh, dominates a lot of people and, and brings torment in their life, and that is uh, a fear of lack, not having enough, uh, struggling, struggling, Christians should not have financial problems. Hello. Amen. Now you say, man, that's crazy. No, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not giving you theory. I'm telling you that Christians should not have financial problems. They should not. Everybody say amen. amen. Uh, so uh, fear of lack, not having enough, struggling, having... Finan- uh, struggling with financial uh, problems, so fear of lack and uh, financial problem will cause division in your home. That's right, and accusations. Right, people start say, "What'd you do with the money?" Right. Uh, well, some people in the old say, "We made a hundred thousand. Where is it? You spent it." You know, accusations. And uh, people uh, uh, with financial problems or not having any uh, assurance or peace or confidence in their money, they'll have separate accounts in their, in their uh, marriage. But uh, that's the wrong thing to do. I mean, why get married? You should have married the dude. Or marry that girl if you're going to have separate accounts, right? That's right. You can't. The reason I'm out, I can't trust her. Well, why'd you marry, Right? And then people, uh, people go as far as having prenuptial agreements, right? Uh, uh, they have this, you sign here, this you cannot touch, I can't touch. Uh, you know, already you're, you're starting off on the wrong foot, right? Uh, you can't trust the girl. You can't trust him. So why get married? If you can't trust her, can't get married, right? Because you're marrying for love, right? Right, so... Uh, and trust, so if you can't trust her uh, with your stuff, then listen, don't get married, right? That's right. Now, when I married Pastor Barbara, I couldn't, uh, well, prenuptial agreement, can you imagine? Uh, okay, you can't touch my Volkswagen. You know, uh, That's about all I had, right? So, uh, prenuptial agreement, that would have been a waste of money, right? So, uh, uh, that would have been crazy. But uh, we never had a separate account. The only time uh, we started one was, uh, you know, uh, taking advantage of the IRS, uh, take, uh, using uh, uh, an IRA account. So one for her, one for me, so we could double out on our discount, uh, discounted uh, 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 before, before taxes, you know, that, w- that was great. So uh, it's great to, uh, to be able to trust your, your partner. Uh, but uh, financial problems uh, and and that fear of lack should never be upon a Christian because God's will for us is to prosper. Can you say amen? If you don't believe it, read from Genesis. All the way through Revelation, you'll find it. God is a God of abundance. Can you say amen? Is God a God of abundance? Is, Is He rich? Yes. And what father that is rich uh, desires to have his children living in, in poverty, no father that is rich, right? I mean, that would break his heart. So our father is rich, and he wants to bless us. Praise God. So here's the three points that I want to share with you this morning so we can overcome the fear of lack, all right? Uh, number one, at creation, God established the first principle of the universe, that everything comes from a seed. Does everybody get that? In at creation, uh, God established the first principle of the universe, that everything comes from a seed. Somebody say, every, everything comes from a seed, including you and me. Everybody comes from a seed. Why do I exist? A seed, right? That's it. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, notice this, in verse 11 and 12, so here we go. This is uh, point number 1, which is very, very important. And if you'll get these three points, you'll never have fear of lack. As a matter of fact, you'll be prospering. Uh, In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. This is God. The, uh, The herb that yields what? that yields seed and the fruit tree, that yields fruit according to its kind. Somebody say, according to its kind. So a seed will produce after its kind, all right? An apple seed will not produce tomatoes. Sorry about that, right? Whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth, because God said it, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb yields seed uh, according to its kind, and the tree yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to the kind, that uh, uh, and God saw that it was good, all right? Now, I want you to look on the screen. Here's three very important uh, points. Everything comes from a seed, number one, everything, right? So, if you're just hoping, it's never going to come. Uh, it comes from a seed. And seeds, number two, yield according to their kind. Right? That's it. And number three, the seed is in itself. Did everybody get that? Let's go over those three again. Everything comes from a seed. Number two, the seed, uh, seed or oh, the seeds yield according to their kind. Did you get that? And the seed is in itself. Ask any rancher. If you haven't got a hold of that, ask any rancher. I say, what kind of seed do you have there? We we want corn. He said, well, let's get some corn seed. Right? That's it. Number two. Let's go to point number two. Sowing and reaping affects every area of your life. Once again, sowing and reaping affects every area of your life. Okay, and I'll give you Genesis 8, 22 now. Look at this scripture. And this is what God says. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So this morning we got up, we saw the sun. Hey, when the sun came up, this earth remains and there are, uh, there'll be seed time and harvest today, and there'll be cold and heat uh, as long as the earth remains, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. So we can expect it, as long as the earth remains. Everybody get that? So the principle, listen to me, this principle of Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest, uh, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. Uh, this principle is the heart of of the universe, and also the heart of the gospel. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to share that with you in this ministry, but it's the heart of the gospel. Everybody get that? So while the earth remains means that it's the primary law of earth. Somebody said it's the primary law of earth. So uh, just like the law of gravity, does the law of gravity work everywhere? Uh, Well, I'm going to go to Midland because it don't work there. It works in Midland. I know. I'll go to Odessa. It don't work there. I know. I'll go to New York because the law of gravity don't work in New York. Okay. Climb uh, the Trump Tower and jump off. Right? It works. It works everywhere. Right? So the law of sowing and reaping, uh, because it is the primary law of earth, it works everywhere. It It don't matter where you are. And it don't matter what part of the earth you're at. The law of sowing and reaping, as long as the earth remains, that law is in operation. Does everybody get that? Uh, So, uh, because that law applies every part, every square inch of the planet earth, Jesus, had that law not applied, Jesus uh, would not have needed to die. Everybody say, Amen. But at the cross, Christ reaped what we had sowed because of the law. Remember Jesus said uh, at the garden, he said, I don't want to die. If this, if uh, uh, let your will be done, but if, if, if we can not do this, I would rather not. I don't want to die. He knew what they were going to do to him, Right? But most important, the sin of the world was going to come upon him. And he was going to be separated from his father. But the law of of sowing and reaping applies. Christ reaped what we sowed. Can you say amen? Someone has to reap uh, sin's harvest. Because the law of sowing and reaping is the eternal law. Somebody say amen. So somebody. Now if we do not accept God's forgiveness then eventually you have to pay, because it's a law. So it's better to come to Jesus, right? Let him thank God that he paid for it. Somebody lift your hand and say, thank God that he paid for our sins, right? Because it's a law. It's an eternal law. Uh, It's a law of sowing and reaping. When you sin, somebody has to pay for it. But thank God for 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you say amen? That's the that's provision God made for the believer, right? But everybody must come and accept Jesus as their personal Savior and receive His forgiveness. If not, eventually they're going to pay for their sins. Now, that's why in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, notice this verse. God says, do not be deceived. All right? He said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that also will he reap. Positive or or negative. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap, right? For he who sows to the flesh will reap the flesh. uh, Of the the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit uh, uh, will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now, everybody look up here. Why would God say, or his word say, be not deceived? Because there's some people, some people, there will always be some that will say uh, they're an exception. And it doesn't apply to them. No, it applies to you. It applies to me, everybody else. Nobody will ever escape. Whatever you sow, it's an eternal law. It's a law That is applicable to everybody here on planet earth. Whatever we sow. Good or bad. You're going to harvest that seed. And you can't get away with that's why God said, Do not be deceived because nobody is an exception, nobody can exhibit himself, uh, nobody uh, is beyond that law. It will, you will reap what you sow. Can you say, Amen? So, the Bible consistently teaches that giving is the key to receiving. Somebody say, Amen. So, let's go to point number three now. This is very important. So, uh, the seed you sow will determine the harvest that you reap. Does everybody get that? So whatever you sow, you're going to reap, right? Uh, so that law, that law applies to everybody, everywhere you go. You said, well, it's not applicable. it is. And the reason you've sowed things and I mean, reaped some things in your life because you planted them. You sowed those things. You said, well, it was the government, no, it was you. That's right. It was so-and-so. It was that witch. No, it was you that sowed that. You sowed that, and that's why you reap those things. People reap what they sow. Can you say amen? But thank God we can break those curses. Can you say amen? And thank God that God can help us uh, not have the results of those seeds by asking forgiveness and really getting our lives right. Can you say amen? But the seeds you sow, point number three, will determine the harvest you reap. Seeds yield, once again, remember those three points? Seeds yield uh, to their kind. You plant chili, you're going to get chili. You plant uh, habanero chili, you're going to get habanero. Uh, You're not going to get anything else but that, if that's what you planted. Everybody understand that? In other words, uh, we have to sow correctly. What you sow is what you will reap. You cannot sow negative seeds and get a positive harvest. You cannot. Everything is a seed in this world. Now listen to me real carefully because here we go. If you, sm- uh, if you sow smiles, what are you going to get? Smiles. smiles, right? If you sow laughter, you will get laughter around you. If you sow kindness... You will get kindness. If you will show yourself friendly, people will be friendly. Some people say, nobody's friendly with me. Look at yourself, right? I mean, why would people be friendly, right? That's it. Uh, If you love, you're going to get love back, right? But listen real carefully to what I'm going to tell you because we're talking about uh, the fear of lack this morning. Uh, But you cannot so... So smiles and and get money or get finances back. Just smiling. Smiling not gonna pay your bills. Will it? Walk around smiling if that's all you do. It's not gonna pay your bills. It's not gonna give you anything. But smile, just smile, or you won't get smiles back. Right? That's what you won't get. And that's very important too. But it's not going to pay your money. It's not going to pay your bills, right? And prayer. Listen to me. I believe in prayer. I believe I pray every day, and prayer is so important. But prayer is not the answer to financial needs. It's not. No. It's giving. Is the amount of your seed determines this, the the size of your harvest. Can you say Amen? Now listen to me real carefully because here we go. Now, insecurity is a form of fear. Hello? Right? And money cannot give you security. Now, in my little short life of 70 years, I've met a lot of rich people. And I'm talking about rich. And some of them have been our, our dear friends. Rich people. Even those that are not in the a millionaire, they're billionaires. Rich people. But I can assure you today that money does not give security, because there's many people with money, yet they are insecure. And you've experienced that. Will 1,000 dollars more make you more secure? No, How about 5,000 dollars? Will that give you, make you more secure? Some people are, are still insecure. Somebody's going to take my money, somebody's going to take my money, and they can't even sleep at night. One million dollars. Will not make you secure. Five million dollars. See if I could only have a million dollars in my account. I know I would be secure. man. No you would not be secure. Because money cannot uh, give you uh, uh, security. It's a spiritual thing. Can you say amen. That's right. So money cannot give you security. Uh, uh, but uh, only when you become a doer. Listen to me real carefully. When you are a doer, it brings security, peace uh, uh, in your life and knowing in your life. Can you say amen? So assurance and peace, which is something that money cannot buy, uh, will come to you when you have complied with what God has said. Now listen real carefully because here uh, here you have to get this. Security and peace will come in your life. And you'll never have fear of lack ever in your life. No fear of lack. Never. Never. Because you know it's coming. Right? You know it's coming. But assurance and peace in your life comes only when you have complied what God has said in his instructional book, in his manual. Can you say amen? Amen. Then you'll have security. You may have $10 in your pocket, but you say, I have peace and assurance that uh, and I don't have any fear of lack. I know that it's coming, can you say amen, when you have complied. You have to comply, can you say amen? Now, uh, there are two things that God has required of everybody on planet Earth. And it's this, tithes and offerings. All right? That's, you, have to, you have to understand that. That's very, very important. Tithes and offerings. And uh, how many of you know that when your offering is your, is your money? Somebody say, my offerings is my money. It's your money. Uh, therefore, if it's your money, it's your seed. Right? And everything you sow is going to come back to you. Your offering is your money. It's not God's money. And it's not somebody else's money. Your offering is your seed. It's your money, therefore it's your seed. Say that with me. It's my, it's my money, therefore it's my seed. Everybody get that? So if it's your money, then it's your seed, and what you sow is what you're going to reap. I've had people come to me over the years and say, uh, where can I give a donation? I said, not here. Because God doesn't accept donations. Donations are for the poor. And God's not poor. And God doesn't need our help. Can you, can you say amen? He don't need your money. Uh, and anybody, never think this. For one minute ever in your life, I'm, give, I'm giving to help God's work. How could you help God's work? God don't need no help. God don't need my money. uh, for his work he he said i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it can you say amen god does not need help from anybody uh uh he'll take care of his own work we give and we plan for our benefit can you say amen not to help God. How in the world can we help God? How, how can your $50 or $100 or 1000 help God? He owns, the, he owns the whole universe. Can you say amen? How, he don't need no help. Right? So what I want to get into, uh, uh, into your heart this morning is this, look, because you have to sow. When you come to God, God's requirement is not donations. It's offerings and your tithe. And offerings is your money, therefore your seed. But tithe, when you give your tithe, that's not your, uh, that's not your seed because it's not your money. Right? How could it, it be your seed when, uh, when it's, not your, it's not your money? The tithe is God's. Look at Genesis 27:30. Uh, and he says, in Genesis 27:30, he says, And all the tithe of the land, where there of the seed of the land, that's uh, Leviticus twenty-seven thirty, please. And all the tithes of the land, uh, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is whose? Who does it belong to? It doesn't say it belongs to Fabian. Or, or Mike or Jack or whatever. It don't belong to you. It's God. All the tithe of the earth, everything that produces the earth, God says, the top is mine. In other words, it's holy, and don't touch it. It's my money. So what do we do with tithes? We don't give them because it's not our. How could I give your money? Could I give your money? Oh, that'd be nice because the government does that. You know, that's right. The liberals, they love uh, uh, other people's money, man. You know, they just take other people's money and spend it like crazy. Right? But it's not their money. But they won't give their money, right? A lot of those dudes don't give their money, but they sure like to spend our money. But uh, 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 the tithe belongs to God. You can't give. uh, You can't give your tithe. You only return it. Say that with me. I return the tithe. That's all you do. Now, let me give you an example. $200 or $180, which would you prefer? 200, $200 blessed or $180 cursed? The $20 is the tithe, right? So, what would you like? 200 cursed or 180 blessed? Man, I'll take the 180. Come on, if you don't get that, raise your hand and say I'll take the 180 blessed. That's right. But a lot of people take the 200 and they and they'll be like some of the old people at the end of the year, where's my money? To tell the wife, where's the money? I made $100,000. Look at, look at the W-2 form here. $120,000, is it? It's not blessed because you stole it. You stole God's money. 20% belongs to God. And God doesn't need your money. It's for your good. But he's, he took claims already. The tithe of the whole earth is mine. You just take them off the top, all right? But then when you give your offering, that's your money. And what you sow will determine your harvest. Not on the tithe, on what you sowed. If you gave a penny, uh, well, it's a good offering. But you're going to get only the return on that penny. You can get 100-fold on that penny. That's your that's your harvest. The seed, everything's a seed on earth as long as the earth remains. It's an eternal law. Everybody reaps what they sowed, right? That's why I uh, every every service I, I I go to three services on Sunday, and the Bible says never come with empty hands. So I don't care, I don't know who gives and who doesn't give, that's not my concern. When I started to minister, I said, I never want to know who gives because I don't want to be influenced by somebody's money. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who gives, that's not my concern. This work and whatever God does, it's his work. I don't know what they do. Uh, I don't know about uh, who gives, none of that stuff. I'm not concerned. I'm only concerned about mine. So from the very beginning, God taught me In Deuteronomy 16, 16, he said, When you come before me, don't come with empty hands. So I always give something. If I have to, I'll give buttons. I'll tear the buttons off my coat. I'll tear, do something, man, to give something. But I'm going to give something. So in every service, I always give. You know why? Because my harvest does not depend on you. You say, Pastor, are you blessed, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. And never had to ask anybody for a dollar. Never had to say, hey, help me. I need gas. I need food. No, God has been my supplier. He told Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your protector, and I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your money. I am your salary. I am your compensation. I'm everything to you. Can you say amen? And, and God sees what you sow because it's an eternal law. And that law is already in place, and you can't violate it. Well, you can violate it, just like the law of gravity, right? But it's not going to do you any good, right? You violate the law of gravity, uh, gravity, you jump off a big building, there you go. It's a big zero, right? Plop, and there it is. You're, you're dead. But uh, it's in operation. Oh, I am going to defy that law. How? How are you going to defy that law? It's an eternal law of God. Look what God said. As long as the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest. There will be winter and summer, cold and, 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 and uh, warmth, right? As long as the earth remains. These things will never, ever cease. And are, are, do you, are you strong enough to defy that law? I don't think so. Or any law of God. And look what he said here. At the Feast of the Tabernacles, and then he's talking about the Feast. He told Israel, he said, they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. That's been my life. And that's why people say, it's luck. Pastor's lucky. No. My marriage has not been lucky. My kids are not luck. Nothing in my life is luck. And if you, if you think it's luck, go to the casino. It's down there by my house. <laughs> you can go down there. Only poor people go to casinos. That's it. Poor people go there. And crazy people think they're going to get something. Oh, we got we $100. Got oh, come on, man. It's rigged so that they can make money. Not you. They're going to take your money. You want money? Sow your money. You have a debt. You say, how, can I, how am I going to pay this house out? Sow yourself out of debt. You start giving. He says, is there another way, pastor? Not that I know of. It's in the Bible. So how can I get out of debt? Hoping. Praying. Fasting. Yes, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cry out to God. See, and after all you've done, all your crying, God says so. <laughs> because you ain't gonna get nothing without sowing your seed. And you know what? Uh, just because mama's over here with the kid, you have to instill that in your kid. And instill that in your children. Let them begin small. He said, What'd you give? I gave you a dollar. You give 10 cents, put it in an envelope. When you have kids, you put them in an envelope. You say, give 10 cents. That's my dad. He said, uh, wh- 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 what did you make? Dad, I did $3 on lawns today. Okay, 30 cents goes to God. I want to see it in an envelope. I don't want to give it. It's my money, right? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand that. Nobody ever taught me. But, brother, I thank God that my dad instilled that. But when I came from the Army, went to the university, I thought I was smart. I said, now nobody's around, I'm not going to give nothing. And guess what? I had a thief come in my apartment and steal everything I had, camera and everything. And then uh, I had a a car, and it uh, blew the transmission. Man, I said. And then one day I was going down the highway, and I blew a tire there in Albuquerque. and, and, And the Lord spoke to me and said, when are you going to give me what's mine? I said, today. <laughs> yeah. Big thieves. You see, and a lot of people are thieves. And they're not, you're not hurting God because you don't need anything. You're hurting yourself because you ain't sowing nothing. Then you're not giving to what belongs to his. He said, the tithe of the whole earth is mine. Yeah. Praise God. Well, if you believe that, let's stand up and let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Let's hold hands and let's uh, pray this morning. Father, I just want to thank you uh, for your word. And this morning we confess and declare that Jesus is Lord. You see, that law is applicable even to Jesus because he reaped what we sowed. Somebody had to pay for what we sowed. And Father, I just thank you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. This morning I want you to say, Father, I declare with my mouth and believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I declare according to your word, Father, that all my debts will be paid. Come on, you can be debt free. That's God's will. God's will is that all, His people be debt free. How could it be, Pastor? How? How? Hey, if you're a sower and you comply with what God says in His instructional manual, you'll be debt free. Not only debt free, but you'll have peace and assurance which money cannot buy. You'll have everything if you'll just comply. Be a doer, not a talker, but be a doer. A doer of the word. You've got to be a doer. You got to be a doer of the word. And if you're a doer, you'll be blessed. Father, I just thank you and I give you all, your, give you all the praise and, Lord, I declare that these people here this morning, that they'll get a hold of this and that they'll be forever blessed from this day forward in the name of Jesus. No more spirit of fear upon their lives.